1: Go, commander
0: one destro
1: one weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture I'm your, host, <laughs> I'm your host i'm your host i'm your host robbie dorman literature geek and writer
0: <laughs> and i'm your other host eric z goodnight professional artist and illustration nerd
1: and we are the handsome voice comics hour your hope for news reviews slightly antagonistic banter and much much more i apologize
0: you should I I knew that I wasn't gonna sound like Destro, so I just did I did what I wanted. I
1: think you sound like what most people remember Destro sounds like.
0: Yeah, that's accurate based on what I just watched on YouTube. You you sound exactly like uh Cobra Commander, except I hate you.
1: <laughs> you don't hate Cobra Commander?
0: <laughs> He's charming. You're very much not. <laughs> wow, it all comes out, huh?
1: Episode one hundred and fifty five. <laughs> Welcome, Handsomeites. <laughs> Eric, how are you? I'm lovely. Well, I already knew that. hmm We are discussing Paper Girls, Volume One, uh in Nearby Book Club. Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang, Matt Wilson. Well I, I think I, I have things to say about it. Do you have things to say about it, Eric?
0: I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about uh we'll talk about our friend Mr. BKV.
1: We will. We will. We will. Before we get to that, we have weeks. We have weeks. We have comic books that came out this past <laughs> week to discuss words.
0: Weeks of paper.
1: Weeks of paper. It is yeah. time. It is time. It is time once again for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will uh, review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. One to five, depending on how mushy we feel about our decision. Our first book this week is Civil War II, number four. <laughs> you like that big you're, side?
0: You're, Yeah, it's, it, was, it was subtle, but significant.
1: Written by Brian Michael Bendis, Art David Marquez, Colors, Justin Ponzor, Letters, Clayton Cowles, designer, Victor Ochoa. I'm done. I'm done, Eric. <laughs> I'm done.
0: Honestly, I think this one's better than the last one, but... I agree that it's better. I, I, I mean, you were, dude, you were done with the first one. I don't think your opinions changed at all. I just think that it has, it has turned into exactly what you said it would. Um, I don't know. It's better than the last one. I find aspects of it interesting. It's not a thing that I want. And I think really that's the critical thing. I want this to be, I want this to be better. It's not, it's not bad it's not good it's not a thing that i want i don't know i don't want the hulk to be dead it's just like exactly what i said last time Mm -hmm. it's exactly i don't know i think the the predictability of it i was really giving it the, the benefit of the doubt it did exactly what you said and that is that is frustrating I think I would like it a lot less if it didn't look so great.
1: It is a absolutely beautiful comic book Mm -hmm. that is super dumb and got to the moral quandary thing. It took four issues to get here. Why? Why did it take that long? Does it think... Is it that... I don't think that people are that dumb. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people would get to the point that Tony gets to in this issue... Immediately, much like I did, where I go, no, I have seen Minority Report that came out in 2001. <laughs> it doesn't work. You can't. So and now we have an ending where they're fighting. OK, mm-hmm. again, four issues to get. I mean, I guess we, we did get, you know, we got the, the benefits of having uh, uh, one of the very few black superheroes killed. And one of the founding Avengers killed, so that's good. Um, mm-hmm. those are great things. And we also got, uh, it took four issues of six dollar comics to get to the part where they fight.
0: Well, to get to the part right before it.
1: Oh, that's true. So the five issues. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm a do not buy. <laughs> I, th-
0: I think we have to keep reading it. Oh, no. I know. Hmm. I, I agree with you. I think we have to keep reading it.
1: How many of the people out there who share our opinions of it feel that same way? I agree with Eric. Did you hear that? <laughs> Who's that? Do you have? Do you have that a-
0: was that was Talky Talkerson.
1: Oh, good. Are you? Are you? Uh, are, where do you sit, Eric? Oh,
0: I am angry. Okay, uh, not really at this book. Like I think if I had picked this up as a trade a couple of years down the line i'd be like okay that was a book i'd throw it in a pile and never read it again um i don't know i feel like i feel dumb for holding out hope for this book (laughs) for for expecting to be surprised you know Mm -hmm. for 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 having a glimmer and being like oh superhero comics are you gonna take a big dump on my head don't don't you do it and sure enough they do it.
1: Is that, is that a do not buy
0: I, uh, that is a yeah okay I, I can't in good conscience be like yeah this is really shocking and surprising and in no way absolutely predictable from reading the premise of issue one and yeah it's not the worst thing in the world but for like your flagship event just i mean do better don't don't i could live with it if it was just dumb and they weren't killing roadie and the hulk if you want to do something dumb don't make it last for years because you got to stand by that crap you can't bring back the hulk in like a month anyway whatever don't buy this dumb book, <laughs>
1: it's a double except, do not book except
0: you robbie buy next month oh. so we can read it
1: oh great oh excellent thanks <laughs> double do not buy on civil war two number four our next book is Batgirl, number one, written by Hope Larson, Art Raphael Albuquerque, Dave McKeg on colors, Darren Bennett on letters. We read the Rebirth issue of this book and discussed how the killing joke is awful and terrible. Uh, this is getting actually, I mean, a, a lot of the Rebirth books suffer from, hey, not much happens in them. Mm-hmm. This book stuff happens in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl is going on her Wolverine esque journey into the far east.
0: Yep, this is it's where white people go to get their shit together.
1: Even though I didn't ever really understand what, that she didn't she she was seemed to, together. I don't. Oh, I know. I don't know. I I do like Centenarian mm-hmm. Oh, nin- I love this book, Ninja Grandma. I, I do like this. This
0: feels like this feels like my babs, and I I do like Ninja Grandma. She's awesome.
1: She is awesome.
0: I wish that it wasn't immediately like, oh, let's go to Singapore. I wish they'd dwell in this and see this through and not just move on. I don't know. I I like this. This feels like my babs, and this feels like it's interesting. And I I think I feel like it's mining something a little bit different than the uh hell. Is it Brendan Fletcher or Cameron Stewart? Which one is the writer of Batgirl?
1: I believe they both.
0: They both as, worked uh, on assist it.
1: Assist on they do. Okay. I, they both assist in the writing. I believe Cameron Stewart does the, like he for. I don't. I don't. He didn't. Don't think he did the breakdowns for all of them. But for a long time, he did the breakdowns. You
0: and the then, you mean the layouts. Layouts.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And then. Babs I remember. Would, I remember uh,
0: Babs was. Uh, was all proud when she did her first layout because she did. She was just an illustrator. She didn't come from a comic background apparently, which I think is very interesting.
1: Um. What do you think about Albuquerque? On this
0: one. Oh, is this Albuquerque? It is. That's why it looks so good. I'm glad um old Mr. Quirky got to I don't know, quote unquote redeem himself. It explains why it looks so good. I don't know why I can never recognize when it's his goddamn artwork. Or I am illiterate when I look at credit pages. Yeah, Hope Larson. Despair Larson. It's <laughs> no wonder this is good. That's her that's her Instagram username, Despair Larson. Good, that's excellent. Yeah, I'm, I I approve of it. I I I like, really like this book and it's like I said it it feels like they're doing a dive into the right character of Barbara Gordon, but it's something different. You know, I like this. I I want to keep reading this and I like that there's as little reference to as little reference to the killing joke shit that they're putting in this as possible. I agree. Yeah. I hate that there's any but yes
1: still very good. I it's very it's well plotted. It mm-hmm. you know it it feels does feel like the the Barbara Gordon we've come to yes. know in the Burnside years. Mm-hmm. And a little international intrigue is interesting. We'll see where it goes. Uh, and her competing in, in an MMA tournament maybe.
0: Yes. I think it'll be great. So, double I, buy.
1: I, yeah, absolutely. That girl, number 1. Rom, number one, is our our first of three independent books this week. Plot and script by Christos Gage and Chris Ryle. Pencils and colors by David Messina, inks Michelle Pasta. Letters, Sean Lee. Have you, do you ever read any of the old Rom Space Knight comic books? No,
0: no, I was not even aware that it was a thing until, like, I was reading this, and I'm like, there's some piece of this missing, so I Googled it and saw it and... I mean this was I mean it's Hasbro this is like a toy franchise right
1: it, Yes it was they were in Marvel continuity
0: What was the uh what was the thing that silly old Cullen Bun did recently that was That was a toy micro micro nuts Yeah what what's is, what's is with this crap
1: Uh nostalgia
0: I guess I just don't get it if it's not my nostalgia
1: That is the problem with a lot of these things that if you do yeah. not have a childhood connection to them It is nonsense. Um, this is, this is, this is
0: a little on the nonsensical side. The plot's a little, a little clumsy. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know if it is. It's not that it's like overtly bad. I just feel mm -hmm. like it doesn't know what it's like. It doesn't have like, it doesn't know if it's like it certainly has a lot of that. Like, hey, this stuff is from your childhood and it's mm-hmm. we're gonna try and do a pastiche of that yeah but then we also kind of want to make it not like those comics so mm-hmm. we're gonna try and do also modern it-esque stylist style choices and stuff like that but then they do both and they don't and it's not like they try to make anything It's you know there's not really any humor in this i would say oh i, I didn't i certainly didn't laugh uh, it's because
0: you don't uh, you don't find monsters getting killed funny.
1: I guess not. Uh, it's it, it it just feels like it is trying to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be deadly serious or like, hey, don't worry, this is like a toy franchise. We can be corny mm-hmm. and it's okay.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's trying to make some kind of weird, angry white guy statement about uh, this this girl's like all these black people getting killed and then filmed. Yeah, I i don't know that it's like really trying to do that but i'm like let's be just a touch sensitive about this it, it really feels like they're trying to call someone out and say like oh you don't have the whole story which i i think the retarded comic about robots fighting like secret monsters not i don't know not the place not your platform to do it
1: yeah, it seems very shoehorned in. I don't even yeah. necessarily know what it's saying. All I know is that it came off as very confusing and muddled. Uh, it,
0: I yeah, I I think the more you read it, the less it makes sense. That like I at a certain point I'm just like, "Okay, I don't need to. I'm just like, okay, he's fighting monsters. Now he's got this woman, okay, and Yojo at the end." Yeah. I think this book looks nice and it is if you can, I don't know I would rather this be just a simpler thing that is weird looking robot killing monsters. Because that's fine.
1: Yeah, that works.
0: Yeah, I that that never does not work. I mean, I would I'd be okay with that. And then, you know, you can have G.I. Joe show up in the end. That would be dumb, but I'll I'll be entertained by it, I'm sure. But it does seem like
1: yeah, a little,
0: a little bit unnecessary, a little clunky. This robot does look fucking cool as hell, though.
1: Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, I just wish I cared. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a do not buy. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it.
0: I think that's probably the right way to look at it. That like I want to like it, but there's zero reason for it. Yeah. I agree. Boo. Is
1: that are you saying boo or boo earns?
0: I was saying boo, okay. not boo earns. Okay. Double do That'll, not double do not yeah.
1: buy on rom, number one. Our next book is here you go, Eric. Ready for it? Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens, number one.
0: Yep. That's that's a that's a thing.
1: Script by John Layman, Art, Chris Mooneyham, Colors, Michael atea Letters, Michael Heisler.
0: I wonder why it is that, I don't know, I, I I don't know that I've ever seen like a really satisfactory Predator story, except the first movie. Can you think of anything that really did it for you? There
1: were some, as a teenager, I read some novelizations. Mm-hmm. Like people, like there's just it's basically you know alt fiction, oh, whatever you know. It's... I, I
0: want to make fun of you for reading a predator novel, but I do know you.
1: Yes, you should, <laughs> that should not be surprising that I read. I, those I, I,
0: I, I guess not.
1: Um, and they were they were interesting. You know, they were they put them. You know, looking back, if I reread them now, I'd probably think they're not that great, but. At the mm-hmm. time, I thought they were fun just because they took the kind of the template of that first movie and then just kind of che- tweaked the circumstances a little bit, different places on Earth, yeah. you know, different main characters that the Predator is hunting. and stuff So
0: basically like. it was Predator 2, the novel.
1: A little bit. I I, I think Predator 2 is okay, but yeah. it is not nearly as good as Predator 1, but that is fine. I, I, I like Aliens vs. Predator, the first one. It's terrible, but I still like it. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's the best we can get with any of these franchises nowadays. It's like, um
1: It's terrible, but we like it.
0: Yeah. Um This is not like terrible terrible to me. No, but and I I I do think it could be likable like it's I don't know. It it's it's interesting. I think oddly enough these weird incongruous things fit together, okay? You know? Um I actually kind of like these weird like Rocksteady and Bebops that they have in I, this. I
1: I was going to say, when I first saw them, I was like, Teenage are we doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too? Is that happening? I think that,
0: I mean, I'm okay with that yeah, in the I, Judge if they, universe. If, if they
1: threw them in here, I'd be like, all right, why not?
0: Yeah, put Yusagi Ojimbo in there, too. Why not?
1: Yeah, they're, I mean, Yusagi Ojimbo is in, like, those are in the same, they are, like, that is historical.
0: It was in one episode. In the TV show, it's all we need—it's all
1: we need. There's been much more based on much less.
0: I guess that's true. Better start writing some slash fiction.
1: Uh, but I—I I, I don't know. I, despite myself, I like this.
0: Yeah, it's embarrassing that I like it, and I wish it was better. But I—I—I I, I think it does hit that spot of it's bad, but I like it.
1: I'm not sure if you could make a comic book called Predator vs. Just Dread vs. Aliens. Like.
0: Oh, it doesn't have to be smart. I just wish it was better. I wish it was more something. More stupid, more cartoony, more whatever. I wish that it was, like, just insane, like, gorgeous artwork. I mean, this is fine. Standard, stock standard uh, comic book artwork. Um. It's just mostly forgettable, and i I kind of would like it to be more over the top and ridiculous. I'm a buy hmm I have a quandary that I don't know that i'm I would go that far out of my way to recommend it, even though I do enjoy it i think I think I'll go buy four out of five on the mush meter just because it's not amazing, and I think it's worth checking out and it's fun. It does make me want to draw the Predator again.
1: I endorse that decision. I know.
0: Man. I know. I still want to do Blacklight Predator. Ooh. I know.
1: That. So that's a that's a double buy. The Mushmeter of two for Predator versus Judge Dread versus Aliens. Number one. Our final book of the week is Mechanism. Number one, written, drawn, lettered by Raphael Ienco. All the work of one man.
0: Yeah believe he should ask for some help
1: i there there's a, like somewhere in this book is a good story possibly mm-hmm. but it just spends a lot of time on characters that don't seem to matter very much
0: well not only that but they don't really have any goddamn character like these the, two police officers no they're are, they're, like, they're awful they're complete tropes they're like a joke
1: and then they die. I, and then they die. I, I, that's the thing. Like
0: everyone is like an archetype. I really couldn't. Do you want to go ahead and 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 finish what you're going to say because i I need to I need to speak on this book.
1: Okay. I was just going to say that what I I read. You know, I look at the books on Comicsology every week, and I look through everything, everything that comes out. And I saw the cover of this, and number one's generally like get my attention just because it's an easy place everyone's gonna be jumping on at the same time. Mm-hmm. The listeners and us, we're in the same boat. This is you know we're coming to this fresh. And I looked at the first few pages. The art looked nice enough. You know, it wasn't atrocious. First, I, you know, you can't always go off the first few pages through the overall quality of the art, but it looked fine. And, you know, it just looked like it has a, uh, you know, this dude and his dog. I'm like, okay, I don't really know. But then I looked at um, the solicitation and it talked, it was talking about like AI and the, a lot of that. It, the solicitation reminded me of the coffin, mm-hmm. which the coffin is amazing. And I was like, okay, well, that seems like it could be good, but it's not most of this comic book. Most of this comic book are there's two terrible cop characters who talk mm-hmm. a lot, don't say much of anything, and then die. Mm-hmm. The only thing we learn about the world is that people aren't allowed into the ruins. Uh, there's this old timer with a dog, and there's kind of lizard people running around.
0: And a robot that doesn't do anything.
1: And the AI robot that does nothing.
0: He literally does nothing.
1: And that's part of the story. It's like he might not do anything. Well, why not just start with, "Hey, just give us cops in the in the squad car, the AI guy, and they're complaining about him, and then they die, and he just stands there." Mm-hmm. We could just start there. Agreed. But I, I, if you, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna say that it could, like, I inherently, and I know you are too, are inherently interested in stories about. AI and society and development of sentience and all that stuff. And of course, that stuff has been done to death, but maybe this could have brought a new thing to it. But so far, nothing. You do your thing, Eric.
0: I don't want to read comic books that are made by the early 2000s Unreal Engine. (laughs) If this is a thing that people are going to start doing, fuck those people and fuck the future of comics. Jesus Christ, this makes me so mad! This does not look like a comic book. This looks like a knucklehead with poser cheating his way through a comic book, brother. If you want to make a comic book, get some help. You are not the worst artist in the world, based on what I'm seeing here. There are some questionable decisions that you're making here and there, but do not, do, do not do this. I do not want to live in a world with I mean I guess I can't stop people from making whatever in the shit they want to and maybe there's people that want this I don't I want illustrators and making illustration stop making your books with like 90% poser and painting over like snaps and renders from from 3D modeling programs there's so much of that in here this it 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 grosses me out there, you cannot convince me that this is really the way this guy draws and paints. I don't care if he actually rendered this stuff, you know, and made these models or whatever. Just, just no. No, for the love of God, I hate this. I would rather, I mean, this is becoming rampant because, like, per page cost, illustrators are making less and less. It's tougher and tougher to do this stuff and people will criticize the shit out of stuff if it's a little off they i mean they just will people will hate on stuff but i don't know it's it's better to draw something than to 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 trace 3d renderings of stuff it just looks so cold and dead just please please no i couldn't even read this i was so distracted by what's going on in here ugh did you notice it at all? Does it bother you at all? I really wonder.
1: I did not. I mean, no, I didn't notice. I mean, I noticed the obviously it it the way it looks, how it looks posed and all that. But I just went, eh. Even I, mean, I don't.
0: I don't look, look at the look at the woman. She looks like she looks like Black Orchid from the first Killer Instinct game. She looks terrible. No persons ever looked like that. At least the two guys look like they're from like a gearbox game or something she she looks like she's from something from the year like 2003
1: i would say that no matter how good if even if this art was the best art yes this story is there's poorly poorly Mm -hmm. laid out like i do, do not buy
0: you know a thing that i think of a lot I think Max Landis has become a little more um controversial or maybe he did set out to be controversial, I don't know. I think he did, but yeah. I mean, I, whatever, I don't really care have a problem with it, but something that I I agree with him on completely is that people are writing movies and in, in stories like video games, you know. You you have to give characters character because that is what that that's how we get inside them. In a video game, we are that character and we we know who the hell we are, you know? You you can make Commander Shepard in an, a completely flat character because you are Commander Shepard. You're making his or her decisions. Tell a better story. Know what character is. I I don't know. Don't just write tropes and for the love of God, learn how to draw things and don't fucking use Poser and Google SketchUp for every goddamn thing.
1: Ugh. So Eric's a buy. That's a split decision. On Thro-
0: throw this book in the trash.
1: Double do not buy mechanism number one.
0: If you downloaded this on your iPad, it's tainted. Throw it in the garbage.
1: I, I need my iPad. get a new.
0: Go- I- Robbie. They, go- they cost money. Robbie. I don't
1: have. Ro- I don't have. Robbie. What? Robbie. What?
0: Throw it in the trash.
1: All right, but we can't do the rest of this podcast.
0: Just read on your computer.
1: I'm not using a computer.
0: Are you against computers now? Yep. Okay. Ha- happened I'm sorry. yesterday. Okay. I'm. I'm sorry. Did a Did a computer like kill your kill your dog? I don't. What happened?
1: I don't. I don't have a dog.
0: It's because a computer killed it, right? And mm-hmm.
1: ate it. Hmm. Well. <laughs> do you mean anything this else this week? Is,
0: this has been productive, actually. I did sort of what it's very short and a very quick read i read sun bakery by uh cory lewis it's, I have- um, yeah i mean it's a silly book but it's mostly just like he's an awesome illustrator you know um and it's fun and it's nice to look at it's just a bunch of silly ideas and excuses for him to to draw teenage girls with swords and samus Aran. so it's 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 pretty It's pretty cool. What's it called again? Sun Bakery. I don't know why it's called that. Sun like, I,
1: like the star sun?
0: Like the, like the star and bakery like, like a place where you get muffins. Ooh. I know you like that. I,
1: I do like muffins. I didn't read anything because I've been busy. <laughs> but we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week Things we've read, seen, watched, looked, listened to, played Any of those things Recommendations, nerdy, culture, etc, etc What you got, Eric?
0: Uh, I'm sure you don't know
1: I'm sure I don't
0: You don't know? No, it's a mystery You You don't know about that thing that you were at, also
1: Oh, Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. <laughs>
0: <sighs> so yeah, I was at a thing called Tampa Zine Fest. Um, I have uh, I've not done any cons for a while, and I was kind of looking at this the sort of opportunity. Just sort of fell into uh, my lap where a friend of a friend approached me and said, "Will you do a uh, a poster illustration for me?" And um, you know, I I said, "What the hell? Let's go ahead and do it." You know, I made an original piece of art for it and got screen prints of it done and you know, set up my work, met and hobnobbed with people and you know, it felt pretty good. Um you 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 know what a zine is. Do you think it's worth it's worth defining what a zine is, Robbie? Sure. What's what's your best definition?
1: My best definition of a zine is a small, generally small, mm-hmm. handmade. Yeah. Book, you know, paper stapled together Mm -hmm. of art of some kind. And I mean, in art, I mean, in the broadest definition possible, like it could be drawn. It could be a poem. It could be just an essay about stuff. It could Mm -hmm. like there's a a myriad of things. So it's it's like a hand. If someone made a did a had a Tumblr blog and then printed it out and stapled it together.
0: I'd say that's pretty ziny.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's like make think, making uh, art with the lowest cost. Yeah, except work, you have to put all mm-hmm. those things together.
0: Well, I think it's also the least amount of work too for a lot of people. No, yes, that too. I do think that there is a sort of a a general sort of artist culture. You know, people are making more things and trying to, you know, do better. So it's not like I saw a bunch of garbage. I actually saw what looked like a lot of nicely made stuff or at least stuff with style flair and effort put into it. Mhm. Yeah. I felt a little out of place, but I was I still, you know, it was a, it was a comfortable experience. You know, I'm I'm like a professional screen print artist and have been for a decade and, and doing screen prints printed by a professional printer and selling them. Um you know, I'm I'm selling prints and not zines, I, so I felt a little weird, but it was still a positive experience. I was sort of taking the opportunity to take it as a a low sort of a a low what's the word I'm looking for low stakes sort of uh, entry into doing cons and tabling again, and I'm trying to work up my bravery. Uh, in myself and in my friend Christian, you met my friend Christian Jennings yesterday, right? I did. Yeah. Chris is a good guy, a good artist. And I, uh, I want to bring him, possibly also my friend Marshall, uh, with me to Heroes Con and see if we can split some costs because that's, you know, all part of your overhead. Mm-hmm. That and all the booze you have to drink. Of course. That's, that's a business expense.
1: It is. I mean, I, I, w- I was also there. At mm-hmm. the Zine Fest, it was a—you were—it was a good time.
0: You, you, you—quote unquote—bought some prints from me. I
1: did millions of dollars
0: with <laughs> your fake bank card. It Robbie hands me his temporary debit card. That's not no. That's the real thing. Are You kidding? I'm not. That's. It, it looked like you. It came off of an inkjet printer. It looked Be... like it came. in a in a dollar store kit for children. <laughs>
1: <'Cause> it, <laughs> it looked like it came from a printer because it did. They put <laughs> like that. We went. That's. It came from the bank like that. <laughs> Are you sure it didn't
0: come from like the bank and air quotes? It was like really like no, a it's, a, it's a real box. place.
1: It's we've been. There. I, it's you, a... you got this print at the back of like a pickup truck, right? No, it's a it's it's right down the street from where we used to live.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Bob's
0: bank cards and and uh, gas station skimmers.
1: Well, we and I yes, I I I had previously purchased a multiple prints. Well, me and my wife. Mm. Uh, Purchase multiple taken prints. Me
0: some time to get them to you.
1: No, oh, we have them now. So it doesn't we do. We're we have not left for Canada yet, so we have them. Uh, mm-hmm. Our our mutual friend Yusuf's Band, Mave's Arcade. They played. They did a good job. A good. He, it, he
0: certainly. Uh, he certainly did a good job. He's not just your friend.
1: He's my. He's my friend first. Then he's my brother in law.
0: I guess that's true. Your friend first.
1: He's my friend first. It's mm-hmm. like my wife's my friend first. Yeah. What was I going to say? Yes, uh, you, you mentioning uh, <laughs> that you felt like you stood out. I You were you had, I'm not going to denigrate the work that those people put into their zines, mm-hmm. but they were, you know, a, a lot of them were loose leaves of paper, not even evened out. Like, they were even prideful about the fact that they w- looked messy. Yeah. Uh, well, your work is, you know, you spent a lot of time in, uh, on making things look like you said professional Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i think that's kind of part of the aesthetic it's it's like it's like punk rock you Mm -hmm. know diy Uh, exactly the whole point is to kind of be a little shitty about it um and that's i don't know that's it's a thing like i understand um but i did feel in some ways a little shunned you know because people are coming and they're wanting to see the punk rock and I mean maybe they want to see the I don't know maybe it's ironic maybe they want to laugh at the garbage that people are making and really be fucking judgy about it but I mean I mean
1: whatever I don't I've never whatever I, there I are there were some
0: legitimately rad people there you know I, and I enjoyed talking to everyone that I talked to I legitimately did. I feel like I've made some good friends. I had some good art trades. I mean, it was a good experience, honestly. I don't know that... I might do it again because I could probably make table money, but I don't... I would not invest any money into making prints for it because that was my big mistake. I made about $150 at the fest, which is reasonable. You know, for the three hours that it was, that it was, yeah. um, with the prints that I had cost me about 330 bucks. So, you know, it's like, would I pay $180 for the expense of seeing that print get done, which is kind of the whole reason I did it. I wanted to see the print done. A lot of the things that I've done this year, just sort of a, as a challenge to myself. And I've thrown a lot of money away making, you know, screen prints that are going to be frankly, very tough to sell. Um, so I don't know. I'm a little bummed by some of that, but I don't feel too discouraged about it. You know? You shouldn't be. I feel like I am kind of going to have to keep digging my grave in order to really <laughs> get out of this pit. Like I'm, I'm going to have to keep making prints and doing this or that. Um, and sell other things, you know? Like I think that the skeletor print that I did is going to break even pretty quickly you know, Mm -hmm. and I think if I keep doing things like that, I mean, I might even take some of the existing prints that I have and retool them a little bit, you know, take the illustrations and take the existing text out and make it just about that fandom, just make them fan art, because that's what people understand. It is. People want to see themselves reflected in your art, that's how they react to it, but it was a... It was a good learning experience, and I want to—I uh, don't know—I want to keep pushing that boulder up the hill. I guess that was that was my Tampa Zine Fest experience. You should have gone, you lousy bums!
1: Yeah, I know. Why don't you guys all didn't? Why didn't you all go to Tampa Zine Fest in Tampa, mm-hmm. Florida? Mm-hmm. Probably because you don't live in live in or near Tampa, Florida.
0: Eh, I don't know that that's really a good excuse.
1: Mm, okay.
0: You want to hear about a book? Sure. Uh, I had to close up my Audible account again, I it ended up gi- giving me a credit that I didn't want, so I closed it down because I don't need to be losing $15 a month for books that I don't listen to. Right. Um, but I did use my last credit and got what was in, I don't know, the year 2003 or something, was my favorite book. I was going through a real period of being obsessed with Kurt Vonnegut. Have you ever read any Vonnegut novels? Yeah which ones
1: um let me, let's see um cat's cradle mm-hmm. uh, breakfast of champions mm-hmm. i actually haven't read slaughterhouse five which is the one most people have read
0: yeah it's the book they make you read in high school apparently I would which is it's, it's weird to me i don't know why anyone would read vonnegut in high school i feel um, like it's it's too bleak for high school children
1: oh his what his last published book i read that i forget the name of it
0: it was uh wasn't it was either bogombo snuffbox or welcome to the monkey House. It was, it was a collection of short fiction.
1: Yeah, I've read that. No, yeah. it was
0: Man Without a Country. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. That's what I'm sure. Okay. That's what I read. Um, there's a couple, uh, Player Piano. Okay. That, was I, that think... was, I
0: think his first novel. Yeah. Um, this was at the time my favorite, my absolute favorite novel by the person who I had decided at the time was my absolute favorite writer. I have not gotten... I have about 45 minutes left in the audiobook. I really wish that I had a little bit more time so I could give the whole synopsis of the book. It really seems like the whole shape of the story is that it's a lot of very heavy and awful stuff that happens and the ending is very bittersweet and beautiful. Which book is this? It's uh, The Sirens of Titan, excuse me. Okay. Um... It is very, very strange, even for uh Kurt Vonnegut, that it has uh a lot of his a lot of his hallmarks of like weird time travely stuff and you know strange science fiction woven into Well I mean it's not even like woven into. It just is a science fiction novel. Mm-hmm. It's and that's kind of one of the things that's always been so interesting about Vonnegut in that He would write stories that were, I mean, outright science fiction. This is a story about a man who could see the future, and he, like, exists across, like, the radio spectrum and, like, phases in and out of reality at times and pops up on different planets and tells people to go do things. And the main characters travel from, what are they, they get marooned on Mars, and they're marooned on Mercury, and then they're sent back to Earth, and then... They are sent for the end of the book to the the moon titan of Saturn. So it is um hmm. It's it's a lot of things that I don't remember happening. Cause I remember when I read this book, I I just sat down and read until it was done. Just read the whole thing, which was not a thing that I had ever done before. And I read like three or four Vonnegut novels this way. You know? Hmm. <clears throat> i don't know i really wish i had gotten to the end of it so i could give more of a shape of the ending um but i have certainly read stuff that i think i like more i don't i don't understand what felt so personal about it but maybe it was just something about who i was in that moment yeah because it's a lot about i don't know religion and questioning things and you know about the whole idea of um, the sort of brutal and accidental nature of reality in the universe. And maybe it was something I needed to hear in that moment, something that I was struggling with accepting, and it it struck true to me. But I don't know. I'm looking forward. I'll probably finish it tonight. I would maybe recommend checking it out if you want a, uh, a fairly thin novel to, to leaf through.
1: How long is the audiobook?
0: nine hours i think
1: okay that's
0: it's it's yeah it's it's not like it's a thin book you know like like i said i read oh what all did i read in one sitting one sitting each i read slaughterhouse five i read um uh, time quake and also this and also hocus pocus i think either that or uh no hocus pocus i didn't like i didn't i had to read it in two or three sittings it was slapstick. I read one, one go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Check it out. You might enjoy it. I don't know that... There are certainly books that I have enjoyed a lot more since then. Okay. But well, it speaks to some things that I was going through at the time.
1: A lot of books do that.
0: Yeah. I'm, do you want to check in? There's uh, there's a certain movie I want to have a quick discussion about.
1: Um, I can... I did want to ask you, did you, have you finished Stranger Things? Negative. Okay. I have a game. I've been, we've been very busy. Mm-hmm. We've, I, I, am, I am recording in a hotel room, our temporary housing until whenever we move to Canada, hopefully sooner rather than later. But.
0: Whenever Tim Hortons lets you in.
1: Whenever Tim Hortons gives us the get-go, we can go in there. Uh, we have a, a game we've, I've been playing with my wife. I think it it's. You could play with more players. I honestly think two or three is probably the max. Any more than that, you would go crazy. Mm. Um, it is called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Mm. It is, and calling it a board game is a stretch because there's not really a board. There's not cards. There's no dice. There's no, like, you know, you're not moving you're a piece anywhere. You're not, all you get in the box is uh, 10 case files. They're like little thin books. For each of the ten cases you're solving, you get a map of London from 1888. You get a F- London phone directory from the same time period. You get uh, newspapers, each with a date that corresponds to each of the ten cases. So ten newspapers that are single, single, one page front and back folded. So you know, like a like a little newspaper you can hold in your hand. And uh, they are all like made up to look like the time periods. Like they'll have a birth announcement, death announcement, all that. You know, they look like newspapers. You'll get a case. The first case and it they go in chronological order so the first you get the first case that happens I think in 1887 and then the last case number case number 10 is late in 1888 um, and you get a page or two of exposition that you you end up at Sherlock Holmes at Sherlock Holmes house and he is saying like hey yeah go look into this and you get the details he gives you which are sometimes a lot and sometimes almost nothing and you take those details and by looking up, uh, the leads you can go hunt down the leads and then try and solve the case sometimes there's a murder sometimes there's a theft sometimes there's both and uh, at the end of each case there are four questions you're trying to solve answer these questions by using the least amount of leads as possible and beat Sherlock Holmes score his score is always 100 the best we've done is 60 <laughs> He's and frankly it's not really it's not like it's Sherlock Holmes it's more like hey what is the literally the least amount of leads a human could use to solve this case and it's generally it's cheating nintendo's cheating mm-hmm. uh but it's still a lot of fun like and what i mean by lead is basically in this book there's just a whole bunch of addresses and each address mm-hmm. will have a person's house or it'll be a museum or it'll be the scene of the crime or you know a forensic scientist who will give you details about the gunshot wound or whatever. Uh, so if you, the murder victim was some guy and you know, he has a wife, you look up his wife's name, where does she lived, go to her house. You might find out information that you need, or you might find nothing, but it that's the game. Like you just get a pencil and paper and kind of write stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we're working on now has a, a a code coded message in it. And me and my wife spent about three hours, solving this coded message that uh, you know translating it cryptography very simple code it was but we still managed to get it but of course now it's all nonsense words and we have to figure it's there's even more but each case is very different the last case there were some lions that just got killed and were in the in a park and you had to figure out why why were two lions just shot and killed and left in a park and you know every single case has a different little spin on it a different mystery riddles it's fun to work together. You know, one of us will read another, will take notes and we'll trade. Uh, I, I it's I, apparently it was first created in 1985 and it's just recently been reprinted. So anyone who out there who likes board games or even like, like just mysteries, it's really, it's really fun to work through them. Even if sometimes you have to, I don't know. I feel like the game cheats a little bit. Hmm. It doesn't give you exactly what you need. And you have to make like leaps of logic, even though Sherlock Holmes tells you not to do that, but you have to, but, uh, I def, it's like, it, it's well worth its value. We've spent probably over a dozen hours on the, on the five cases we are working on so far, and there's, we're not we we're halfway done, almost. I don't know if you'd like it, Eric. It's not really a board game, like the it, way
0: it, it doesn't sound like, uh, doesn't sound like my deal.
1: I don't know. It's I feel
0: like I would like and I would like to observe, maybe. But then I would get really bored.
1: It's that's the thing. Like it's not, but there's no, like, there's no rules. There's no. Mm. It's just you and some other people trying to solve this case. But there's no. It's a, the strangest kind of game because it's very. Old, like It was, it's, it feels like it was made in like 1985, because it, it doesn't have any of the things that modern board games have. Mm. It's very much like, here is a pen and paper, and that is what you need, and then you're go on, go, do it. It's fun, though. What movie do you want to talk about?
0: Well, I think we talked about it last week, but correct me if I'm wrong. It is a certain little movie called The Killing Joke.
1: Oh, yeah. We talked about did, that.
0: Did we talk about
1: it? We talked about that last week. I would, uh, I would, I
0: don't know if you saw this long discussion I had with, uh, my, my, our, our, our good friend Gary, although I don't think you know him as well as I do. Um, but a thing, a pattern that I have noticed is, I mean, there are certainly, there are going to be your MRA types that are in support of this movie, but I think it's, it, there's a, there's an age line there too of people that like that comic.
1: Mm hmm.
0: I, um, I don't know that that's necessarily, like, it's black and white like that. Like, I think there's necessar- there's a lot of nuance here. Because there are people that I like, people that I respect, and a lot of them say they really like that comic. But but I'd kind of like to read you what uh, what Gary said. Sure. Um, I love the comic. There was nothing like it when it came out. Part of it was very much, oh my god, can you do that in mainstream comics? Probably not going to see this movie. Uh, he goes on to say, I think it was a mistake to bring it into continuity then and now. Uh, but I ask him, and this is the question, that no one could give me an articulate answer. You know, everyone would just say, I think it's well written. But I, I like what Gary had to say. I thought it was at least interesting. As I said, you know, I don't really get it because Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns came out um, a year and two years before this book. Both are better. Most people can't articulate why they like it. I'd like to hear why. And he says, well, you know, Watchmen was alternate reality of these, you know, these basically stolen. He, he calls it Charlton, which I don't know what that's referring to. But I assume it's the uh, is that like a publishing company? Yeah, these that's characters all, were all Watch- stolen from?
1: Yeah, watchmen characters were all yeah. based on Charlton.
0: Archetypes. I, I, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know it was called Charlton. And he says Dark Knight was alternate reality future. But he said the fact that it was modern-day Joker and the fact that he actually went dark and was actually evil and not cartoony, I'm going to drop a giant penny on you. He said that that really sort of changes experience. Um, he says it also highlighted the weird relationship between him and Batman better than anything else at the time. It also not only predated Arkham Asylum, but it was more affordable, which I think is funny says everyone was a poor kid reading comics. He says, that was my dark Batman, even if it wasn't supposed to be canon. So I think that, I don't know, it's just a kind of thing that hit that sweet spot in a lot of people's like uh, experience in comics at the time. It's not like there was nothing like it, but it probably just got into the right people's hands and people latched onto it. And there's some sort of secret sauce that worked for everyone. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that he was actually able to articulate something when other people I asked were just like, I think it's well written. I think it's well drawn. That equals good comic book. Who cares about anything else? You sound like you're chewing on something.
1: I, I keep opening my mouth and then not saying anything and then closing it because I'm like, ah, <laughs> I ah. think
0: that's lit- that's that's what chewing something is. I
1: guess it is. I, yeah, I'm I'm friends with Gary. I'm not mm-hmm. close friends. With, I mean, we just don't live close enough. Um, yeah. But every time I do talk comics with Gary, I always appreciate his perspective mm-hmm. just because he's older than me. Uh, I,
0: like I said, I think that's part of it that you know he would have been. A teenager at the time
1: my, this
0: book came out. My, or like a, go ahead.
1: I would say my response to that is, I, I, his perspective on it, I could respect because yes, that makes complete sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a teenager and that comes out, and you're like, "Hey, this is so different. This is so new. It's it's something that is not happening." You know, but I know people who I went to high school with who are my yes. age who treat this thing. Like it is the Holy Grail, and mm-hmm. when I patiently try and explain to them the bad things in it, despite it being yes looking yes. beautiful and yes being by Alan Moore, they just go, "No, that's not true." I'm like, "Well, no, those are things are those things happen, yeah, that is a problem, mm-hmm. and it's generally, I think, it's just people who aren't reading a they don't read a bunch of comics, they just see this one and this is their Batman and Joker comic. Yeah, they don't have the they don't have and they don't see the inherent problems of. Mm-hmm. Female violence that has existed for decades is now only now starting to be. But then, of course, they just brought it back. So but, you know,
0: well, it's the kind of thing that it's like, yeah, I mean, they they stopped after that. I I don't know.
1: I It's just and so if if I just get frustrated.
0: Well, I think it's okay. Some of those people are not going to explore outside their own experience they're not going to consider the perspectives of people outside their own little small circle of understanding um their their experience is going to be a little bit different gary is um i don't know he doesn't like it for that and i'm sure he recognizes the problems in it that it's something that he likes because of the impact it had on him and on comics you know that it for good or ill you know it led to a a complicated and interesting era in in comic books where everything had to be grim and gritty and it had to loudly make that statement comic books are not for children and it had to say it over and over and over again um and for someone about his age he's i don't know 44 that he would have been a teenager and he would have been interested in that book he would have been interested in comic books growing up with him you know yeah um it's the the people that if they're not gonna dive any deeper than batman comics i mean of course they're gonna read the dark knight returns and they're gonna read the killing joke year one i don't think they're gonna read year one (laughs) okay Maybe. I feel like, I feel like maybe, yeah, maybe, but I feel like that's deeper. Those are, those are like the big names, you know? Like, I feel like people that aren't comic fans, but maybe say they're comic fans, like they've read those two, or maybe just The Killing Joke, because they think that it's required reading when it's just really kind of aged badly and is problematic.
1: I think I just resent the entire idea that you had to make comics like this to prove that, that comics aren't for children or that you couldn't make comics for adults and that adult an adult comic is necessarily one that is has graphic violence in it or something or yeah has a superhero and the the arch and en, arch enemy of that superhero hero suddenly have like you can explore that relationship without the problems that are in that comic. Mm.
0: I just think that, I don't know, it's kind of a, we've come a long way baby situation.
1: That is true. That is 100% true.
0: I think that we see the problems in it because we are refining it a little bit and becoming more inclusive and, I don't know, opening our eyes to the problems. Not everyone, it is a really difficult thing for any human being to do to change their mind (laughs) oh i know um
1: i generally don't try
0: i know no human most people don't i don't know that i'm great at it i like to think that i can do it but uh i i think if you really look deeply i'm sure you would see many things that you could provide me evidence to the contrary and i would not change the way i thought this is something that you know, I've come around to accept that, you know, other people's experience is different and you should probably it's it's a nice thing to at least consider it. Um so yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it's always a lot of interesting hand wringing, I mean discussion <laughs> to be had around this book.
1: You wanna talk about some paper girls?
0: Some papier. I don't know the French word for girls.
1: Femme something? I don't know. I don't either. We can move on to our final segment. This time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club This is the part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are reading Paper Girls, Volume 1, Issues 1-5 through 5 by Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang, and Matt. Color and Matt Wilson.
0: Color and Matt.
1: Color and Matt. We'd read the first two issues of this for... Uh, this podcast when they came out and now uh now the the first volume's out i thought we could take a look at it and see where we stand mm-hmm. what we think brian k vaughn he's a we're we're fans of that fella
0: i mean you're kind of a knucklehead if you're not the guy is debatably the best writer in comics debatably for my money it's jason aaron but
1: I don't think anyone's going to argue with you if you went, oh, well, mine's, if someone said, mine's Jason Aaron, the other one said, oh, mine's Brian K. Vaughan, no one would go, no, you're stupid. They would just go, yeah. yeah, I understand.
0: That's, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough battle there. They're, they're amazing, stellar talents.
1: Yes. So Paper Girls is a story about a group of four girls who are all newspaper delivery girls on the morning after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Get sucked into some sort of weird science fiction time traveling. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Thing, adventure. It's it, a
0: weird Brian K. Vaughn book.
1: It made me think of Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, of course it did.
1: Yeah, it's it. You know, it's this is set in the eighties. Yep. It, you know, a group of teenagers doing going mm. on an adventure. It, you know, They're like
0: Twain's.
1: Yeah tweens
0: they're like 12 years old
1: them dealing with adult stuff without the adults for the most part what do you think eric
0: um
1: positive on it
0: oh of course um i mean just for the sheer shock and tour de force you know vaughn is always interesting to read um i feel like in these issues, like a lot happens and kind of not enough. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, I understand. It, it feels like there's always more questions. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, I want to know something a little bit more concrete about what's actually happening. And so it's
0: almost, it's amazing how the guy who wrote Lost and this, this is like, this is, it, uh, it's like Lost and then it keeps asking questions.
1: Yeah. I, I, I do think that it does get to a point by that last issue where I have at least an idea in my head about what's happening. Like mm-hmm. I I have like a conceivable idea uh, that explains the events that's there. Yeah. But if I was completely wrong, I would not be surprised. <laughs>
0: It's almost like not worth guessing, isn't it?
1: It, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I started trying to like. I'm sure people, as it was coming out, there were probably some hardcore fans who were like, mm-hmm. "Okay, this this means this, and this person is doing that, so that they're, means this." They're cracking
0: this. the code.
1: Yeah, they well, literally the next. I remember after the first issue came out, you know that weird uh, mm-hmm. language. You see, people had already translated it. Of course, they had within a day. So, of course, of course, but. Yeah, I just kind of went, no, nah, I'm just going to wait for the story to kind of show itself, show its work. I imagine it will do that at some point. Does that frustrate you all?
0: What? That it... Uh...
1: That the the thing you just said, that, you know, it seems to a lot to happen, but not enough?
0: I suppose. You know, like, I feel like we get to the end of five issues mm-hmm. and I'm like, I mean, has really enough happened? Is this worth talking about? You know, do we talk about, do, do we talk about this in just in and of itself? Do we talk about Brian K Vaughn? I mean, what's the, I don't know. Where's the, where's the discussion to be had here? I knew we would be talking about stranger things. um, More, more like lost than I would like it to be.
1: Okay. I feel like it, Is, I feel like it is being a great serialized comic, you know, in that, in that much like Lost was for a, for a time, a great television show because it was constantly like leaving you at the edge of your seat and you're like, what I need, I need to watch again. You know, it, it, this makes you want to keep reading in the next issue. Like it's a page turner. Mm. Yeah. It reads really fast and reads super quick. It, you know, it, it is still very well written. I'm not, I don't know, I don't think, I think, unlike Lost in a lot of ways, I think Brian K. Vaughn has all the answers. I feel like Mm -hmm. this is all already mostly formed. Oh, yeah. You know, the the The, plot and character and stuff. Right.
0: We're not going to get the end and the. The moral of the story is that there's heaven.
1: Or where? What was? But what about the smoke monster? What about that statue that only had four toes? What about the, those things? What were they? Eh, it doesn't matter. Forget though
0: my, my answer a, eventually became "Who cares?" and I stopped watching. Yeah, me
1: too. Um, um, it, but I think that's just me. I think that's the difference, honestly, is that because this is a comic book and it's the work of a small team, you know, mm-hmm. it is not a television show that has dozens if not hundreds of people working on it right i can put my trust in Cave on. i know he's a great comic book writer i know he probably has an end in mind he has an idea of what's happening next and i do find it frustrating mm. but i do know that there will be more of them and i will get my answers at some point
0: so you think
1: so i think but
0: they're gonna find that computer <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I'm still, I'm still salty about that goddamn computer. It makes no sense. Ex- explain. Computers, you don't need to type something in over and over. They're literally made to do repetitive tasks. That's literally what they're for. The the what scene are you, are you
1: talking about? For the listener?
0: oh, I'm talking about Lost. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm salty sorry about. The I thought, thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about loss. something in the no. comic book. I'm like, I don't remember. No, this this book does not make me salty.
1: Okay. Um. No, I mean, but I think the the comparison with Stranger Things. I think the aesthetic of mm-hmm. that time period of that of the 80s of a lot of what a lot of us. I mean, I was just born then, like you know, we we didn't certainly live through that time period, but no, as would
0: be big kids to us,
1: yeah. But as we grew up, this was the pop culture that we kind of consumed mm-hmm. because nowadays, you something comes out, you watch it immediately, almost like that's the it seems oh, yeah. like you binge watch a TV show in a day and then you're done with it. But I like in 1994, I was nine years old. I was still watching Ghostbusters in the great outdoors every other weekend mm. because that's what we had on DHS. That's what we recorded during the free weekend of HBO. Like that's, and so I was in a lot of ways only digesting a lot of culture from the 80s in the late, late 80s, mid 80s, all that time period. And I feel like, like you, we, we have discussed the reboot of Ghostbusters we have, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, like all of those properties are all being rebooted. And I feel like now we have gotten past the point where they're just trying to take those franchises. Now there's a lot of just aesthetic where it's just like, hey, take this aesthetic and I see it in everything now. Mm-hmm. Like you see, I see it in video games. I see it in comic books I see it in movies I see it in television shows like everything now is kind of using this aesthetic because I feel like we are a lot of the time the same age as a lot of these creators at this point where and, and, and they are also taking things you know they are not the, the 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 big companies that can buy out licenses to Transformers or to GI Joe or to Ghostbusters or to any of those things they really like but they you can't copyright an aesthetic so they will take that and make their own story um using it and i think we I, I don't know i don't think we've seen the tip of the iceberg on this i don't think this is peak we've reached peak saturation on this mid-80 mid to mid 80s kind of adventurous a- aesthetic thing
0: i i really don't think we're we're nowhere near the bottom of it it is it is only now, it is going to get more and more saturated because you've got You've got kids that are 25 and 26 years old that were born in 1990, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know, like, there was certainly a period in my life, and maybe it was, I don't know what it was, if it was being able to listen to music or digest media from the 70s, but it was like, I, I feel like people do kind of romanticize the years before they're born, And it's starting to uh, pop up everywhere in fashion and culture. And I mean, the whole stupid vaporwave thing is very, I mean, this is, this is biting on that aesthetic. It's biting on something else. I mean, it's, there's going to be these, this, the young end of these millennials that are going to eat this shit up. You know, that stranger things did not get made with that on accident it's we're gonna see so goddamn much of this in the next two to three years it's gonna be ridiculous
1: Have you've only read the first five issues of this correct
0: uh i saw that you had bought number six at least
1: i did buy six um because it was on sale during the the uh comic con week Mm -hmm. so i I was like and i read number six just to see what happens because i i think that is also a testament to how curious i am about all these weird mysteries mm-hmm. and just from my impressions of that and the basic kind of things you see happen in that first, in this first volume. Yeah. I feel like that aesthetic,
0: it changes to something else.
1: Yeah. And it is the, that the use of that is purposeful in that I feel mm-hmm. like you're going to see a lot of my guess at what the thesis is a uh, thesis of this is, is, you know, youth culture, and generational changes like you see that at the very end of issue five where she apparently runs into a much older version of the girls run into a much older version of one of them Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is what's going to be the the crux of this book is how youth culture changes and adopts and how people as older you know middle as they turn into middle-aged versions of themselves they're Mm -hmm how that changes from what they think they're going to be and what they think of themselves as young people and of young people in general.
0: I think there is value to mentioning there were some similar ideas in uh hold on a sec. Sorry about that. Um the private eye yeah, for sure. You get to see the comparison. Um It's a little more smart-assed, I think. Um
1: Yeah, it. it I think we both... I know I rankled at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. This, I, I feel like this is... Because it is not as so over-the-top and exaggerated, it feels like it's... If it actually does develop more in that direction, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more subtle because we're seeing these characters for longer periods of time. But that in that maybe private eye, that little thing was maybe a, a seed that, that, that maybe that got planted into this comic book. Yeah. Maybe he saw that and maybe I want to explore that.
0: I think that, you know, you see similar themes pop up in multiple works of Alan Moore stuff or, you know, Neil Gaiman or even Kurt Vonnegut, you know, or discussed earlier. You read multiple things. Um. This is just an idea that's on his mind, I suppose, you know, the young versus the old, and you know what's what did this generation, what were they thinking when they were young? what was this what What will this generation think when they're old, when they're tattooed old men that are mad about zooms?
1: <laughs> I said, what do you think of Cliff Chang's art? We have seen it a couple issues, I think we read of Wonder Woman. But those were relatively brief uh forays. Hmm. Do you did you do you enjoy his style?
0: I don't uh I don't remember those Wonder Woman comics.
1: They were, they were in the very early days of the Handsome Boys Comics Hour.
0: The handsome beginning. Um it's very good, you know. It's it's very lively. Like I really wonder, like okay, so she's this is in twenty sixteen, it's in modern. Okay. Um <laughs> you know I don't know it's 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 very good and I like it it's it's challenging for me to come up with something to say I mean I think that the color scheme is very much inspired by this era um, and it's certainly very flat and minimal uh, geez, I'm finding it hard to talk about like it's it's good and I'd say it's even beyond adequate you know He's a very good cartoonist. I think it's a very nice, marketable style, and there's a lot of moments of uh, real greatness. It's very cinematic, too, I suppose. You know, it, it's he would make a really good uh, movie storyboarder.
1: Yeah, I, I really like it. I really mm. like his art. I really like his style. I like this stuff more than I like his Wonder Woman work, of what I've mm. seen of it. Um. I feel like maybe it's just because this is much more down to earth for the most part so you yeah. get to the weird science fiction stuff. But even then you're not, he's, he, you know, you see that one, there's that one weird monster that they see in the sewers with the beholder, the mm-hmm. future beholder, whatever you want to,
0: the, the, the science beholder,
1: mm-hmm. science beholder, I think is a good name mm-hmm. for it. But for the most part, it is just these girls wandering around in this deserted neighborhood. I don't know. I feel like it, I just appreciate it this more. Maybe it's also the colors. Maybe it's, you know... The the,
0: the colors are, are very charming and pleasing. Calming. But you know, his... The first book was 40 pages. That's kind of his move, isn't it?
1: What, Brian K. Bond's
0: Yeah. First book, a, a first issue of Saga was 40-something pages.
1: I think it's a smart thing to do.
0: It is. I mean, you have so much to unpack in a first issue. You really gotta give it your all. You wanna take your time to do it. Yeah, getting might that, as well double up on it.
1: Yeah, getting that extra those extra pages in there really can make a difference between someone buying issue two or not. Mm-hmm. I think when they get that extra bit of story and in, in the immersion. Yeah, as long I mean, it's easy to say because it's Brian K. Vaughn. He's very excellent at that. You know, if it's a poor comic book being twice as long, it's not going to make it better. But I feel like in this in this type of story in a mystery, I think those extra pages certainly do help. I was going to say those that I can't. Like you were saying, I having trouble describing Cliff Chang. Mm. I can't I don't know who to compare him to. Like no one comes to mind. Mm. Do you have anyone?
0: I um uh, it's got more of a sense of realism than a uh a faith Aaron Hicks, but I think that the sort of panels layout and um they're they're populated sort of the way her, her panels are. You know, there's about the same amount of uh, attention paid to, to backgrounds, even though, like, he can leave it a little more sparse when he needs to, and he can fill in more when he needs to, the same way that Faith Aaron Hicks would. I think there's kind of a similar, like, brushwork sort of style, but the, the, the stylization of the faces is incredibly different. yeah. I think their pages look sort of similar. There's a similarity to the aesthetic, even though the stylization is way, way off. But not, not off, but very different. She's way more cartoony as well.
1: I do feel like it's, his his storytelling is is pretty direct and pretty like, despite the f- i despite the fact that this is a mystery, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it it it's not in how the story is presented necessarily, at least not visually. You know, it, it mm. it's decision is when to show us certain things and when to give us information, but it's always pretty clear what is happening, who's mm-hmm. doing what. And you know, there's never a lot. Like it's not you're not seeing like twelve panel pages or anything. Yeah. Like that.
0: This is this is not like I think, like, kind of what you're, you're drilling at here is this is not like Watchmen where a page is like super dense and there's lots and lots of things and you have to analyze everything deeply. That it is, um, I don't know. Do you, I, you have, I think
1: I, I have a, I have a, am that, I, am that, I... that raises a question to me. Uh huh. Tying back to you saying, like, it seems like a lot happens, but yeah, we have more questions. It is very still, I think, rooted in like, Adventure stories, mm-hmm. and how you know we have read adventure comics. uh You know we've read all those Scrooge McDuck comics, and those are typically incredibly dense. Yeah, and this is tying into those adventure, sto- like the Goonies, for sure, and and stories like that in movies of the eighties. That aesthetic. Do you feel like it as in addition to kind of using that aesthetic, it is also kind of Going into a like, I don't having less information on the page, less dense storytelling, in like in contrast to those old styles of adventure adventure comics.
0: Your question confuses me a little bit. It
1: confuses me too. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> try not, and ask it again. I want to. I don't. Try I, and... I'm like, is this an adventure comic? I guess that's a good first question.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it's a mystery for sure, but a lot of adventure comics also have mystery elements included in them.
0: Yeah, this, this feels, um, this feels less like adventure comic, because I think kind of the hallmark of adventure comic is these are the characters, this is the setting, these are the stakes, um, that, like, I was just listening to our episode on Asterix. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's the prototypical adventure comic. Yes. That here's setting in Gaul. We go over here. X, Y, Z happens. We return. Let's party. <laughs> um, and I think that lots of stuff. Hergé, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of them. Um, lots of them sort of took that formula. Even all the way down to Carl Barks, this feels more like the Goonies or the Monster Squad.
1: Yeah, and that, that this—that's go it, ahead. It's a strange thing. Like I'll, I, whenever I hear people discuss those stories, or that yeah. it's like kids going on an adventure. You know, it, it, right and ostensibly that's what this is, but I there is a lot of mystery and even a little bit of, like, thriller horror stuff in here. Yeah. On the edges. Um, and even, like, some weird Cronenberg body horror stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With those bugs. Yeah, don't worry. The bugs are on you. Just let them finish. Just let those bugs finish healing your gunshot wound. Okay. Sure. Bugs. Um, I, I just... It's interesting that you know those i you are 100% correct about you know asterisks and and what the story shape of a quote unquote adventure comic is i'm just like what genre does this belong in like you can't it has adventure in it but it is not an adventure comic mhm it is I, I mean i guess it's a mystery and, and i think that
0: well, this is why i just this is the this is the growing genre of of 80s nostalgia fiction
1: <laughs> yes i guess so
0: i i just think that Genre, I mean, you can write genre fiction, but I think largely it's a construct. Is this in, genre in basically fiction? Basically anything. Huh?
1: Is it, is the 80s aesthetic a genre now?
0: I mean, it looks like it's becoming that. It's like I say, I really think that th- th- we're going to see more and more of this crap. <laughs> and I, I, I am, it's unfair. I'm not calling this book crap. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Um,
1: but I, I think your concern is that unlike Stranger Things or this, there yeah, may be more and more of it that it's not good.
0: Yes, people are going to take it and be like, it, "It's going to be the '80s nostalgia gold rush," or the '80s. I don't know what happened in the '80s nostalgia gold rush. It. The, the I'm 24 years old and I was born in 1991. Gold Rush.
1: It feels getting back to like the page density and and story density and like decompression and, of storytelling and stuff that I feel like it does feel like there's a lot happening. I just. I don't know what the economy of storytelling is going to be on the scope of this entire story.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got that cinematic quality to it. It's got that dwelling on emotion and moments and not just densely packing it. I mean, like I said, it it, it reads like the storyboard to a television show or a movie. Yeah. And that's... It's not a bad thing.
1: No, I feel like you're right in that it is not... It, I think the comparison of lost is very similar because lost is also at its core was, Hey, this is a a mystery, but it's more interested in telling you the stories of character than Mm -hmm. in solving any mystery, which led to a lot of the problems with it. Um, because it just kept adding to mystery and just kept adding character and then not necessarily explaining any of the mystery. I feel like again, that with, all the people on the scene being very experienced, being very skilled, very talented. I am more likely to trust them telling me a character driven story with mystery in it that will eventually settle itself. I think after three trades of this, we might, I think we'll have a pretty solid grasp of everything that's happening for the most part. But I think it is an interesting thing that it is taking This this mishmash of genre and aesthetic and you storytelling choices is something that I think it takes someone people very skilled to do it well. If you do it poorly, it's not necessarily gonna it's gonna end up like lost. Ended up. Mm Mm-hmm. But you want to read more of this?
0: I see zero reason not to.
1: Yeah, I do too. I I think, and I mean, that is the hallmark of a good mystery is that you want to know. I want to know what – I feel like it's – tonally, I feel like this is, book is on the verge of changing completely. I feel like this book mm-hmm. and the end of the road is going to be like like that section is going to be very different from the next section and on and on. I right. Like, I, and I think that is purposeful. I think I think everyone on this team is smart enough to know to not try and milk that aesthetic thing too much. Because that's not what they're really doing. They are just using it for part of their story. Mm-hmm. That's my guess, having only read the one issue after. Which also raises more <laughs> questions. But I I don't know. I can see a shape there. A silhouette, maybe. A hint. Hmm. Do you like these girls?
0: Yeah. I think they're very intriguing characters. I don't know. You get all, You get any band of kid rapscallions together. It's hard for me to not root for them. They would have to be serious dickbags.
1: No, they're pretty charming.
0: Yeah, they are. And this is, you know, without any, like, kid actors, it's just art. But they have good designs. I'd say the only thing that's bad is the two girls look a little too similar.
1: The Two girls with the, dark hair.
0: The two dark-haired girls, yes.
1: I just try and remember the varsity jacket. It helps tell them apart. Mm. Although when... I will say that... When I first saw that this book was being created with this uh-huh. creative team and this title, this was not what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, it has very little to do with Paper Girls, doesn't it?
1: I mean, they are Paper Girls. I mean, that is
0: for a little bit.
1: For a yeah, hot second. I I really thought this was going to be a much uh, closer hewn to realism book. Like, hey, these girls are. Paper girls and they're dealing with teen problems and mm-hmm. stuff like it'd that. Be,
0: it'd be the sandlot.
1: Yeah, I, I was expecting the sandlot, honestly. Which I love the sandlot, so
0: yeah, I love the Sandlot.
1: Sandlot's really good. So yeah. this is also I I'm things that surprise you are good for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Brian K. Vaughn, he's a surpriser.
1: He generally is.
0: Yeah, that's that's his that's his shtick. He likes those like big sort of breathtaking reveals when you turn the page, you know? Yeah. You turn the page and there's an at-at walker in the background and Superman's bloody Canadian.
1: I would wholeheartedly suggest this to pretty much anyone. Anyone who's just watched Stranger Things and liked it probably should read this. Mm-hmm. Same wheelhouse. I'll probably own all of this at some point.
0: I think it's it's worthy bkv is worthy
1: yeah that's true uh, anything else you want to touch on
0: no i think we went all the places i was expecting to go
1: okay so folks next week Nurbo book club we are reading the sheriff of babylon by tom king mr odds volume one issues one through six um i am super excited to talk about this book because i have read it all of it i have no i've had no one to talk to it with so me and Eric can talk about how miserable life is or was probably still is to a large extent in occupied Iraq. <laughs> um, but very good comic. I can't wait to talk about it called bang, bang, bang. Just thinking about it. Oof. Um, yeah, I think we'll do it for this week. We are the handsome boys comics hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. New episodes there, downloadable and streaming. Links to all of our social media. Facebook.com slash Handsome Comics Hour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at comics at gmail.com. If you like the show, if you like what you hear, we really would appreciate it if you give us a five-star review. Subscribe. Any of those things on any of... The podcast services you use, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever podcatcher app you use should have some way for you to rank us, rate us, do something, one of those things. We really appreciate it. Obviously, telling your friends is also greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter, at MixedMasterShare. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online?
0: Super good question. You can see my portfolio. Uh, including my poster prints for sale at freewillunlimited.com and you can see uh, other work that I get up to uh, online at ericzgoodnight.com that includes my Instagram where I'm known as ezgoodnight and my Twitter where I'm at mrbadexample spelled M-R badexample.
1: So that folks we will call it a day. Have a good one.
0: Rock and roll.